Welcome to Top Stories, I'm Andy Zaltzman. David Cameron, remember him? Yes, uh, yeah, that's disappointing, isn't it? Well, in December 2011, the then Prime Minister caused a bit of a stir in Europe, setting the tone for the next 12 years of pain, and the remaining X years of pain still to come after that. Here I am, with John Oliver, in issue 176 of The Bugle, entitled Deep Space Nine. Top story this week, David Cameron Bladder News! <laughs> you see, this is what the Times is giving up, Andy. <laughs> this is a vital public service that we've been providing. What other podcast is going to see the incredible things that are happening around the world at the moment and then lead with an analysis of a world leader's bladder? <laughs> this is emotional penicillin that we're providing, Andy. It's comedic crack. Of course, it's not good for you, but that doesn't mean it's easy to give up. You've got to wean yourself off this kind of bullshit. Anyway, the point is, last week, Britain caused a full diplomatic hullabaloo in Europe, as we mentioned, by vetoing the new proposals for EU fiscal integration in response to the brewing European economic tsunami of pain. And the result is that there's now essentially a two-tier Europe, a fast lane and a slow lane. And Britain is currently driving in neither. Instead, we're just standing on the side of the road, shouting at the passing traffic. Everybody f*** off! You don't know me! I used to be the most powerful country in the world! Two-thirds of the world's landmass, you speeding metal dick splashes! The sun never set on me! I don't need you. I don't need you, stupid continent. I'm the greatest! All of you can go f*** yourselves! 26 of the 27 member states agreed to the new fiscal rules with only Britain's itchy veto finger going up. <laughs> Essentially, at the last minute, David Cameron demanded huge protections for the City of London, none of which anyone was willing to give him, so he vetoed the EU proposals. Was this the right thing to do? Well, I guess there's no conclusively right answer to that, but many economists seem to suggest no. As you mentioned last week, Andy, Britain has conducted itself throughout our history onto the rock-solid rule that if you're annoying the French, you're probably doing the right thing. <laughs> but this time, we may have taken it a bit too far. <laughs> Maybe just a little. A little too far. You never know, John. You never know. I mean, you know, there's, there's still Gibraltar. There's <laughs> the Falkland Islands. We've still yes. got an empire, John. That's we true. Still, we still, do we still have Canada? You're um, nearer that than... Well, I don't suppose anyone's not, heard from them for like 50 years or so. It's not a question of whether we still have it, it's whether we yeah. still want it. Oh, OK, right. The Queen likes it, and so, you know, if she likes it, we've got it. Yep. But perhaps a slightly concerning angle on this was that during these extremely important talks, uh, stories emerged that uh, David Cameron, uh, Britain's professional Prime Minister, deliberately left himself absolutely busting for a piss. <laughs> In order, apparently, to maintain his concentration and presumably from, to stop him from falling asleep. Now, you might think the evidence is clear from the transcripts, uh, John. Three times David Cameron says to Nicolas Sarkozy, who was sitting next to him, could you please stop pouring water slowly into your glass? <laughs> but evidently, it's slightly concerning for me, John, that participating in make-or-break talks about the future of the continent was not quite enough to concentrate his mind on its own. It's... He needed a, to have to need a piss as well. It's just, it's just incredible. These were incredibly tense nine-hour negotiations, and apparently Cameron used, as you mentioned, his tried-and-tested full bladder technique, <laughs> which he claims helps him achieve, and I quote, maximum focus and clarity of thought. 
During the formal dinner in Brussels and subsequent discussions, the Prime Minister intentionally kept himself in a state where he was, and again I quote, desperate for a pee. <laughs> that is a high-stakes gamble, Andy. <laughs> sure, your laser focus may be working for you for a while, you might be in the power position, but if you wet yourself... You are going to lose the negotiating high ground. No one is going to cave to someone who has an increasingly large puddle around the base of their chair. <laughs> As Neville Chamberlain can vociferously <laughs> testify. Apparently Cameron has used this technique successfully before. He himself admitted using it during his famous no-notes speech at his party conference early on in his leadership of the Conservative Party. Now, you might be thinking, where did David Cameron get such a stupid idea? Well, the answer will not disappoint you. Uh, apparently, uh, he heard about it while watching uh, a documentary about the old, uh, famously massive racist conservative Enoch Powell, uh, who said that he always delivered an important speech on a full bladder, arguing that, and again, I quote, you should do nothing to decrease the tension before making a big speech. If anything, you should seek to increase it. Powell was uh, famous, of course, for his horrendous Rivers of Blood speech in 1968. And it actually makes the race hate a little harder to swallow if you think of the Conservative MP and platinum prick bursting for a piss <laughs> while he's delivering it. As I look ahead, I am filled with foreboding. Like the Roman, I seem to see the River Tiber foaming with much blood. Oh, God, let me take that back. I don't want to think about rivers trickling or anything <laughs> foaming. Oh, holy shit, I need a piss so bad now. Uh... Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> come on, Enoch, you can do this. Uh, no, no, no good. Long speech short, immigrants are awful. OK, everyone out of my way, I'm making a dash for the toilet. <laughs> but also, it's a, it's a risky thing politically, because it really illustrates whether or not the British government thinks something is important. Mm -hmm. oh, yep. Look at that. Cameron's just necked an entire flagon of elderflower cordial. <laughs> we could be on the brink of war. <laughs> But also it shows more importantly when he doesn't give a shit. Reportedly whenever he's in talks with trade union leaders or <laughs> the Secretary of State for Employment, he doesn't even drink a thimble full of water, John. <laughs> Not a sausage. Just think of the horror and the pain that could have been avoided, though, Andy, if during one of Hitler's speeches at the Nuremberg rallies he just lost control and wet himself. <laughs> Rather than getting swept away by his hateful oratory, the crowd would have immediately had his spell broken and thought, oh, look, he's just a spiteful little man who's so irrationally angry he can't stop turning himself into an impromptu piss sprinkler. <laughs> Before the entire crowd started chanting, Hitler's wet himself, Hitler's wet himself. And the history of the 20th century Europe is rewritten in an instant, Andy. <laughs> I was in a band called uh, Impromptu Piss... Piss... What Sprinkler. Piss Sprinkler, Andy. that's it. It was sorry. your band. Yeah, How I'm could no you forget buddy, the name? Those days are pretty hazy, John, you know. The truth, the truth is, though, Andy, there's not a single historic speech that does not become instantly humanised by thinking of the speaker desperate to go to the bathroom. <laughs> this is one small step for man. Oh, boy, I should have gone to the bathroom back on the landing module before I came down here. <laughs> One giant leap for mankind. Easy, Neil. Just think about something else. Oh, no. Houston, we have a problem. The only thing... I have a dream. <laughs> a dream in which I really, really need a piss, but I just can't find anywhere to have one. What, what is wrong with this? The, the only thing that would have made the Gettysburg Address any better would have been if Lincoln had needed to have two stabs at it. Four score and seven years ago. Actually, you know what? Hold that thought. I'll be back in two minutes. <laughs> that way, for the rest of time, the Gettysburg Address would, would technically begin like this. Oh, God, that's better. <laughs> Four score and seven years ago. 
Jesus' sermon on the Mount, Andy, <laughs> would have been even more impressive if people had said, did you, did you see what Jesus did? He fed the entire crowd with one loaf and five fishes. To which someone had replied, never mind that, the guy hasn't gone to the toilet for three days. It's a miracle, he's a machine, part man, part camel. And when he does urinate, he says he's going to come out as wine. I don't know about that last part, all I know is that I'm sticking around to watch it. Oh, this blue nun is off. <laughs> <laughs> One, uh, maybe he's right though, John, maybe, uh, maybe this is the problem that's been causing so many problems around the world. Maybe the Middle East would be a peaceful utopia if only pissing was banned yes who yes. knows there was one piece of uh, obviously bullshit scientific research that concluded that the extreme urge to void or urinate is associated with impaired cognition now of course regarding the cameron case some might say that being a conservative is associated with impaired cognition <laughs> and being a career politician is associated with seriously impaired cognition so why not add a busting bladder to that cocktail of cognitive crapness <laughs> this was reported in the journal of neurourology and neurodynamics uh cracking read that which this month features a range of christmas themed urination articles from the best times to urinate on christmas day they suggest a morning christmas wee wee uh, how much mulled wine to drink if you want to be drunk and replete enough to urinate a full picture of the nativity scene in the snow and also what to do if reindeer piss comes at you from the sky how can you give this up it's the perfect compliment to hard news Anyway, well, I guess I guess the point is, John, that uh, leaks increasingly have been an important part of top-level politics. Just a different kind of leak. <laughs> Boom! There was you, a. Do, do, do you really not want to be able to listen to that every week, Mister Murdoch? Yeah, do you? Yeah, it's because he's he's cut off his nose to spite his face. Yeah. Um, there was uh, there was footage. The EU were understandably a little miffed by uh, the behaviour of Britain and David Cameron and there's footage of uh, Nicholas Sarkozy seemingly refusing to shake David Cameron's hand <laughs> at a press conference after the negotiations. In fact, he only just stopped short of putting out his hand and then pulling it away at the last minute and flipping him the bird in the face instead. Uh, there are also rumours that... Um, uh, other EU delegates had actually brought in a new official translator to translate what David Cameron was saying from the, and I quote, language of complete arsehole that he's been speaking this entire <laughs> conference. Prime Minister of Italy Mario Monti said, it's no good, I can't understand a word he's saying, I don't speak arsehole, can anyone help me? Also, there was a great uh, true story about David Cameron, who apparently was, after the negotiations collapsed, forced to share an awkward elevator ride after the nine-hour meeting uh, with Angela Merkel. And that must have been really tense, Andy. I wouldn't have blamed Angela Merkel for looking at her and saying, uh, what floor do you need, uh, David? Um, I was going to go to the, the third floor, but do you want to veto that and just press the alarm so that no one can go anywhere? <laughs> Would you prefer that, David? Oh, and actually, I, I meant to say, I think it's diplomatic protocol in the EU that you have to uh, buy me a bottle of wine and, um, and some dinner and, and then maybe even tickets to, to a West End musical or something, because then, David, and only then, is it appropriate for you to f*** me like you just did in there! <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be appropriate, though, John, wouldn't it? That's the uh, John Oliver guy to seduction. <laughs> <laughs> Britain is, uh, nevertheless, set to have, quote, observer status in uh, continuing negotiations over the EU Accords that we steadfastly refuse to sign. I guess we'll be a bit like a losing game show contestant, John, seeing what's, what we could have won. So, Britain, you're going away, 
empty-handed today, but let's <laughs> just see what you could have taken home with you. Well, you could have gone away with today's star prize, and that is a central role in building a stable and peaceful future for Europe, one of the world's top six continents, with all the business and social opportunities that entails, a role befitting a nation of your supposed status. But you won't be getting that. But on the flip side, you also won't be getting today's booby prize, which is a central role in the economic meltdown of one of the world's shittest six continents, with all the economic and political chaos that entails, which would it have been? Tune in next year to find out. Thank you, Buglers, if you're heartily sick of politics. A, I don't blame you, and B, go and listen to The Gargle now, the Bugle's glossy magazine sister publication in which Alice Fraser gives you all the news and none of the politics. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.